Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble. These often unsung heroes are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's backbone. Welcome to episode 95. My guest is Stacy Tukey. Okay, disclaimer about this interview. I definitely earned gorilla status on this one. This interview is taking place on location on a live, active set. At the beginning of this interview, I say you might hear some ambient noise. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Due to the weather, there was only one location that day that we could do this interview. That location also doubled as the green room, the wardrobe room, the makeup room, and the COVID room. And at one point, there's even a big set change. You're gonna hear some cranes, some chains, and even a train that I was actually supposed to be on. But there was no way I wasn't gonna finish this interview with Emmy-nominated choreographer Stacy Tukey, who is a multifaceted Canadian director, choreographer, and dancer who has worked in both concert and commercial platforms. She has worked with legendary musical artists such as Celine Dion, Bette Midler, Justin Timberlake, Michael Bublé, and Paula Abdul. Performing highlights include me and Michael's contemporary dance company, Raw, Ballet British Columbia, Houston Grand Opera, and Celine Dion's record-breaking show, A New Day at Caesars Palace, where she was a cast member for five years. TV and film choreography credits include So You Think You Can Dance and So You Think You Can Dance Canada for 10 seasons and Dancing with the Stars. She has choreographed full-length ballets, taught at prestigious universities including the Juilliard School, and Stacy's dance company, Still Motion, celebrated its world premiere of Moments Defined in 2012. Stacy is currently choreographing two new stage musicals, Pump Up the Volume and Dancer, as well as an upcoming musical feature film. She is excited to continue to mentor students from all over the world to be inspired while being nurtured as a whole, mind, body, and spirit. Without further ado, here is Act One, Scene One of Stacy Tukey. Well, I am sitting here with Emmy-nominated choreographer, director, Stacy Tukey, here in Hudson, New York. We're on a movie set right now, so if you hear ambient noise in the background, they're actually doing sound checks and makeup. Stacy, where are you from and how did you get started? Originally, I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And I started, I don't remember starting dance because my mom owns a studio, which started in our house. So as early as I could walk, I was in dance class. So that was the early beginnings. And luckily I loved it. And I remember being about eight years old and telling my mom that I was going to be a professional dancer. I took every style of dance under the sun. I was like a Scottish Highland dancer. I did like baton twirling. She put me in everything because if she put me in it, then other people would come to the studio and take that class. So I trained in, I mean, some styles of dance that I've never had to do professionally. (laughs) But I would say I kind of like fell into dance, literally, and then fell in love with it. And luckily had a great teacher. My mom was my teacher, which brings on a lot of challenges. Oh, yes. For sure. But with separation and knowing all that I know now, I had the best foundation. And she's an incredible teacher. And she still has her studio. It's uh, her 52nd year of her studio in Canada. Yeah, we had our rocky moments, but it was an accidental start. And then it just became my everything. It was my world. It's 
all I wanted to do. Oh, I love that. So you had an incredible career as a dancer and also as a choreographer, but you started also dancing with Mia Michaels. How was that? Because I know that's a, <laughs> that's a name that a lot of people know. So how was that experience? Well, when I, being Canadian, I came to New York on vacation, first of all, when I was, I was living in Vancouver first, and my first start was an apprentice with uh, Bally BC there, and I went on vacation to New York. I'd never been. I was 19 years old, and I remember taking classes at Broadway Dance Center, and I remember eating a salad from, like, Pax Deli, sitting outside, and being like, I have to live in New York City. So I gave myself one year to go home and, like, save as much money as possible, moved without knowing any without a green card, without any legal papers to work. I just was like, I have to be in New York. It's kind of like 42nd Street, essentially. <laughs> and I walked off, this, off the train, and there I was. And Mia was one of the classes. Actually, her audition for her company was an accidental happening for me because I was teaching the kids program at BDC for, for, in exchange for classes because I didn't have a lot of money. And I was a great teacher because my mom taught me how to teach growing up at the studio. So I taught in exchange for classes, and one day... Mia was having an audition. I had heard this name, but I didn't know who she was. So I showed up to the audition, no headshot, no resume. I don't even know what dance clothes I was wearing. It's like free dance class. Like to me, everything was a free dance class, every audition. And that's how I met her and joined her company. And I would say Mia's one of the, I mean, genius creator and a huge impact on me personally. She pushed me out of my comfort zone. She was one of the first to really, really challenge me. And I was surrounded by extraordinary dancers that I couldn't believe that I was in the presence of. Yeah, she kind of took me under her wing right early on when I got to New York. And we've had this trajectory that we've kept crossing paths. So years later when I did the Celine show, she ended up separately. We didn't even know that she got the choreography position and I was one of the dancers, showed up there and we hadn't even, her company had fizzled out, we hadn't seen each other, showed up again. And then on So You Think, showed up, I was a choreographer on So You Think, Kiki Dance Canada, and she was a judge. So we've had this very like intermingled past. So I say she's had a huge impact on me and it's taught me a lot about artistry. She's toughened me up, for sure. Yeah, I just have a lot of respect for her. I love that. Well, I think you've done a lot of work with concert dance and with different companies. That's a completely different beast than doing eight shows a week. Apart from just the concert dance and company dance is just more difficult than other dance. What is the biggest difference? I definitely think that concert dance is like, I feel like if you want to do concert dance, do it like as soon as possible. Like with your, it's just so grueling on the body. And for me, you know, I never had the chance of doing a Broadway show that was eight shows a week, but the Celine show was pretty, it was, it was over five years. So I got kind of got that grind of a commercial show. Concert work, gosh, is physically more demanding. That was gonna be the first thing that I said, <laughs> for sure. And I think, you have to really love the process, you know, like the creation process, because you're on so much time, it's like eight hours of rehearsal time, and then you eventually get to like the show that you'll like tour or do a performance of, and then you go back and you're in the studio creating again, creating and creating, where a show you have a shorter rehearsal period, mm. and then it's more about the performing and the lifestyle of like being a performer. And then in commercial jobs in LA, it's like you're just, you rehearse for a day and a half, and then you're like doing the job. So. It's so different depending on the stage you're at. I definitely grew up wanting, I thought I wanted to be a ballet dancer. Like I thought that was, even though I studied everything and I loved everything, I thought, well, ballet dancer means that you make it. Like that's like just the epitome because of the technique and everything else. And then I had my little taste in the ballet company, a beautiful ballet company. And 
I felt unfulfilled. I felt like I was missing something. I'm glad I did that work. I'm glad that I got that experience of like really being in a creative process with a choreographer in that way where you're getting the work created on you. I think that happens a little bit more in concert dance than, you know, say, especially shows that are in existence or long term. But I was happy to see what else there was after that experience, just in other realms of performance. And so I'm glad I did it early on, for sure. <laughs> I don't think my body could do it now, yes. <laughs> for sure. Well, five years in Celine show, which was one of the first, now that a lot of people have them, Celine was the first big one. Yeah. What was that experience? And also five years in a long running show. My body hurts just when I saw those type of dancing. I was like, okay, I could never do, do that. That show was such, for me, was a real personal, like kind of a career breakout moment. I mean, it was so unexpected. They did a year long audition tour that covered, I mean, they were in Asia, North America, they auditioned all over Europe and hired 50 dancers. And so I auditioned for that show in, I wanna say something like October and found out about that I got the show in March of the next year. And so here they brought 50 dancers, ages from 19 to 50, every ethnicity, five different languages, all these different countries, and we got to rehearse in Belgium for six months. They flew us there, they had this huge facility. We not only trained in dance, but we trained in like percussion and singing and acrobats and we did these four hour long improv sessions with Franco Dragon, who's the creator of Cirque du Soleil, who created our show. And then Celine came up and she was with us and we were just workshopping. Like you just don't get that much time to ever workshop a show. After six months, they flew us all to Las Vegas. They had built the Coliseum for her. She was the first headliner that basically had a show that was like of Cirque caliber, but with a, a star and a cast of dancers. And we had six more months to create in the theater. So we basically created, I think about eight hours of, or, yeah, about eight hours of material in Belgium got to Las Vegas and then we put everything on the stage and maybe maybe 15 minutes of it made it in the show we recreated the whole thing so that show from beginning to end not only I'll just say this it's been closed since 2000 gosh when did we close seven eight and we still have a whatsapp thread with almost all 50 of the dancers it was the most close-knit family of creators and performers like they're they're one of my first dance families because we were thrown into this amazing opportunity to be creative every day for an entire year have a star who was unlike any other celebrity that I have ever worked with she is like beyond grateful for her dancers the most humble and kind human and talented <laughs> not, yes. nonetheless but it was kind of this perfect storm of incredible people an incredible opportunity that was kind of a first and a show where, like for me, I was a technical, you know, concert dancer that got to do a real commercial type show that, you know, we got 20 weeks paid vacation a year. We had incredible care, incredible health care. We were just taken care of so well. So it was kind of this beautiful storm of like ideal dancing. We loved the show. We loved her. We loved each other. And then we had job security. It was supposed to be two years. And then it kept getting extended and extended and extended. And five years later, you didn't want to leave the show no. because where would you go? And because of her voice, we didn't have the vacation because of us. It was because she could only sing a certain amount of shows. So they would say, okay, you guys were going to be on for three weeks and then you would have two weeks off. And you're going to be on for five weeks and you have a week off. Yeah, because we were two thirds non-American. We were one third Canadian, one third European and one third American. The cast, they had done all our visas for us. So we couldn't work for anyone else legally. So they had to pay us. 
I really can't say enough about Celine. She's one of the most wonderful, wonderful people standing up for her dancers. She's like, I can't do this show without each and every one of you. That kind of sentiment daily and always wanted to have us around. She even started when we opened, we had an, of course they keep us separate than her, but when we opened, she was like, I never get to spend time with my dancers. And so she went to management and she said, we gotta do something about this. I'm gonna cater a, a five star, like Wolfgang Puck is gonna do a, a dinner every Saturday. We're gonna have a dinner before the show. So every Saturday we started having a dinner under this tent on the patio of, of the Coliseum and she would just come and sit with us and she'd be like, so what'd you guys do this weekend? Like she just wanted to be one of, she just wanted us to feel like we were all a team. She was just really caring and that's like I think uh, I've had the opportunity to work with some other celebrities and it's not always that way so it was a very unique project but also a demanding show so it was lucky that we had the time off we had a steel rake stage which is very very difficult on the body and led to many injuries and myself many surgeries a lot of the cast so there was a toll but it's a chapter that I'll just never forget yes well speaking of of Celine and and yourself there seems to be something about Canadians that they are just a kind people I know that's a stereotype but it's a good one but I, I know I have a lot of Canadians in my yeah. life and it's just I don't know is it something different up there that you guys just have a, a, a sweeter demeanor I mean what is I always, it I always joke and I say it's because there's there's so few of us that you have to be nice to each other <laughs> compared to the states but no it is interesting I get that a lot and I do find that when I go home I'm like there does feel like there's a different energy I know for myself, I'll say that Canadians coming to the States especially, I find there's a beautiful, and coming actually internationally from any other country. I mean, being Canadian, I had to fight a lot harder to make it, especially in the States. I mean, I moved, started going to auditions, and my dream was doing Broadway, and I got to the end of 42nd Street, and I was so excited, you can imagine. And then it was like, what's your social security? And I'm like, well, about that, I don't really have my papers, you know? So like, there's obstacles, I think, that if you want it, you really want it. Anyways, I don't have a great answer why Canadians are sweet, but I definitely know that there's something about having to work a little bit harder for some things and having more obstacles that, yeah, I found in Canadian students that I see. There's just like a determination that, I don't know, I can't, I can't be completely stereotypical because of course, Americans, I love Americans, I, I live here. Yeah, there's something to be said about having to work really hard for something. Yeah. So you've made your name after a long, wonderful dance career, but you are known as now a a choreographer. Was (laughs) being a choreographer always in your career trajectory? Never. I I never, you know, some, it's interesting because I have friends that definitely, you know, had a dance career, but they always had the trajectory that that was a means to get to be a choreographer. And I always loved creating. I always taught from an early age because of my mom's studio. When I moved to New York and I needed to make money, I worked for dance studios and I taught and I created on, you know, pre-professional dancers. But I never imagined, I never said I'm setting out to do this. I had a complete accidental fall into a choreographic career. This is actually a great story. Well, my husband really likes it. I was finishing up Celine and I, like I said, it was a hard show on my body. I'd done it for five years and I was like mid mid to end career with, with Celine. So I was getting older and of course I watched So You Think You Can Dance. It was early on in the show and <laughs> this is a live set, people. <laughs> that was a cut. I got a call from my mom saying, so you think you can dance is coming to Canada. They, the producers just called me and said, we're interested in using your space. I said, mom, that's great. It's been a great thing for American dancers. And now it's coming to Canada. Being Canadian, I'm super excited. So I got off the phone, told my husband, who's an actor, so he knows the business. And I said, isn't this great? So you think it's coming to Canada? And he goes, 
yeah, you should choreograph on the show. And I said, that is a dumb idea. You, what are you talking about? I've never done anything. I create things all the time, but I've never done it professionally. I'm a dancer. I'm not a choreographer. And he said, but you've worked with all these choreographers. You've assisted on all these big projects. You're a choreographer. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Two days later, he's like, we should try to research. Let's find out how, who's casting it. Let's just send in some stuff. And I was like, nope, silly idea. Again. And he just was relentless about it. Finally, I came home from work a week later, and he goes, don't be mad at me. And I was like, don't be mad at you, what do you mean? He handed me a piece of paper, and the paper said, it was an email printed out, and it said, Dear Stacy, thank you so much for your interest in submitting as a choreographer for So You Think You Can Dance Canada. We'd absolutely love to see your choreographic reel. Please send it in a couple days. We're casting immediately. I turned to him and I was like, I kind of want to punch you and hug you at the same time because I would have never had the courage to do it myself. He's my biggest fan. And at the same time, I was like, what are we going to show them? I don't have anything to show. So we spent about three days putting together a reel, calling in a bunch of feathers with friends of mine and creating different things. And about a week later, I was in Costco, I remember. <laughs> and I got a call from the executive producer and they said, we just loved your reel. We love your work. We'd like to hire you for six episodes. So basically, I kind of accidentally fell into a choreographic career. My first job was on the Canadian show for So You Think You Can Dance. And I was surrounded by colleagues that had done tons of things, film, television, company work. And it was my first professional job, really. And then that led to the American show. And from there, I mean, the visibility of the show has been such a gift. And so that kind of like threw me into my choreographic career. And I absolutely love it. It was an accidental happening, I suppose. Yes. Ten years from So You Think You Can Dance Canada and the United States and three years worth of Emmy nominations for a multitude of different mm -hmm. pieces. Was that life-changing and would you have a week to choreograph on dancers that are just thrown at you? Oh gosh, I mean, So You Think You Can Dance is, it's like a master class in, <laughs> I mean if you can get through that show as a dancer, as a choreographer, I feel like you are equipped with so many skills, so many tools, because it's a fast-moving machine you have four hours essentially four to five hours of rehearsal total over four days with them most of it on camera where you meet them some of them usually don't even know the style depending on the format of the show that year and then four and a half or five hours later over four days they're on national television doing your choreography it's such a wild ride the show as far as what it's done for dance and what it's done for dancers and propelled dance into everyone's living room which was magical also surprisingly I was just so focused on the job and and trying to do my best work and trying to have an experience for me it was really about the connection with these dancers because what they were going through was extraordinary yeah so just trying to be as supportive as possible and having a background in teaching really helped it was so rewarding to me to see the b-boy that actually in four days learned contemporary like and everyone was like how did he do that those things were like the wins for me those moments of like making the impossible happen in such a short amount of time but what it did for me that was unexpected was the visibility. I mean, I, I started getting recognized. And for me, that was completely foreign. And for choreographers, especially, like, that doesn't happen. You're just a name, an unknown person. And so that still, to this day, shocks me when someone will come up and be like, oh, I love your work. You know, you're going through security at the airport. A guy at security is like, oh, I really love your work. You know, that kind of thing is still so shocking and humbling. And Emmy nominations, that's like a whole nother. I thought something was wrong with my family. I was having so many texts. I woke up in the morning. I was like, what's going on? 
on and I was like what, what are they talking about I was I didn't even know that I was submitted for the Emmy because the show does it for you and of course that was just such a whirlwind to go through that experience of course being acknowledged makes you feel it's so special but the whole show the whole experience I feel like the takeaway was I just gained so many skills and I met some dancers that I hire all the time from that show because what they were able to do and what they went through I knew that they'd be able to be on any set or any show right and do a great job it was a really beautiful chapter for me and such a learning like I was just talk about jumping before you're ready yeah and that's something that I, t- I tell students all the time I'm like don't wait until you're ready because if you're ready you're ready like you just have to jump and do it and I felt like that's what so you think was that was the jump into my choreographic career was not feeling ready not feeling worthy or good enough and being thrown in it and if you commit and just kind of kind of erase the white noise and all the the doubt and push everyone else out and do what you're meant to do I mean I've learned a lot from that and I think it's a takeaway that I try to share with younger dancers. The thing I really love about your choreography is that it's beautiful, it's technical, it's challenging, but you also tell a story. There's so much emotion and you feel something watching your piece for you. You're not just impressed. Do you come up with the stories on your dancers? Where does it come from when you're like, this is something I, I want to share? Oh, such a good question. Hold that thought. Uh, you know, what, what really moves me as a creator and as a performer is telling stories. It always has. I know the most memorable theater performances or contemporary performances are things that I like was left like I can remember the feeling it left in my body. Like I remember the first time I saw Rent on Broadway in the original cast and I just sobbed in the theater and I, I think they cleared the whole theater and I was just there. And I remember being overwhelmed with emotion and that's happened to me several times in different things and that became kind of like my goal. Like I just want people to feel something because that's what the arts can do. That's what dance can do is it can transcend words. So that's always my goal. So that's so I that's a, so, that's such a big compliment that you said that. I think that it's kind of what I aim to do and for inspiration, I think it depends on the job. A lot of the time, I do pull a lot from my dancers, especially the older I get and the more that my, I started creating everything on myself, but the more that my body isn't physically able to do the things that I wish it could, the more I've had to really rely on my dancers and it's been such a beautiful journey to watch them inspire me so that I'm evolving. Because I feel like once you stop evolving, you shouldn't be doing it anymore. Music, I find inspiration in music. And sometimes I just, I feel like I want to tell a story and then I try to find a way to tell the story. Like some, I can be inspired by something I see in a TV show or a piece of artwork or a conversation I see taking place across the road that I don't really know what they're saying, but I can imagine what it is. Or really compelling and heart, heartfelt things that are going on in our world, I think, expressed through dance. There's something magical about it when you can communicate something with our words and I think that's something I always strive for and it keeps me fueled up because I feel like as a choreographer I mean every step's been seen there's no new steps and so that's my way to kind of make it mine is to kind of because everyone's experience is different so if I can tell the story through my experience or through what uh, the way I see the world I think that's the way I can kind of make my mark would you consider your style contemporary yes. because you've also done two full-length ballets yes absolutely I mean I trained in so many styles I, mean, I was in a tap company the same time I was doing ballet I was doing hip-hop for the NBA early on in my career so I have done so many styles and I love that sometimes a job will come up and, and then I can pull from different styles because I have them I would say I get labeled as a contemporary choreographer and I would say that's mostly from so you think from 
from that visibility because that's the category that I did on the show. I love contemporary. I love the freedom in it. Mm. And I think there's a lot of room to incorporate my love for classical dance and like that foundation in with more of like a free new way of moving and storytelling. So yes, I am drawn to that, but I also love to incorporate different styles. Like I love working in musical theater. I love being able to kind of fuse and mold different styles together to create something different. When I did my first company show, I had all different styles in it. I mean, I had an actor, my husband was an actor in it. I had a tap dancer that was a soloist that they spoke to each other. He tapped and my husband spoke in words and that was the dialogue and the through line. It was contemporary, there was classical pieces, there was jazz pieces. I kind of like to do it all. Yeah, I think I'm most probably known from for the contemporary work. So you mentioned the toll that dance takes on your body. So <laughs> you've had some surgeries? Oh, yes, take care of your body, dancers. Yes, I've had many, many injuries, actually. Starting from when I was 17, I had shin splints, what I thought was shin splints, in my younger years of training, trained very, very hard, and just ignored pain. Pain's a, a sign, and I didn't listen to it. And I built a very high pain tolerance, and by the time I was 17, I was at the Adeline Jenny Awards representing my country at a ballet competition and I was doing Capella on point and I remember jumping and I remember feeling my shin bone feeling like it was breaking like I feel it bending and I went into shock I got home went to the doctor and I had stress fractures halfway through both my tibia so badly that the doctor said your legs are clinically broken like you could take another step your tibia would crack in half and if it does that we'd have to put a metal rod between your knee and your ankle and you wouldn't have flexion of your foot so a career ender ending surgery essentially when I was 17 and he sat me down and he said you need to take and I thought he was gonna say two weeks off and he said you need to take a year off and I was graduating high school all I wanted to do was dance it was like someone dropped a bomb in my lap I just didn't know but he basically said if you don't take this time off your legs may never heal and you will not dance you will not walk without a limb and it was the scariest time of my life and the reason why I'm telling this story is because I have run into so many young dancers. What's the percentage of dancers like injured? Many, many, many. I gave myself a year. Yes, I was probably depressed. I struggled a lot. I thought I was never gonna dance. I thought I was behind everyone else, but my body recovered and in a year, I went back, I got my first job, my shins completely recovered, I had a new appreciation for my body and what it physically was capable of, and I started learning how to listen to it. I wouldn't say I perfected it, but I started, and that was kind of my opening into injuries and pushing myself, but I struggle because I'm a hard worker like many dancers are. You feel like you're replaceable, so you just want to go and you want to push yourself to the limit, and I really strongly encourage in my programming now that I've developed there's a whole wellness component because I really truly believe it's a missing component of dancers and in a lot of training just pushing 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 it seems like the only end goal and it's definitely taken a toll on me so through my career I've had many injuries I mean ankles knees back shins hips I ruptured my right ankle three ligaments and had to get a surgery during the early part of the sling show and then I had my right hip labral tear repaired bone shaved down my left hip labral tear repaired bone shaved down both which were year recoveries 
and then I just this last year got my left hip replaced, which we were holding off as long as possible because I'm a little bit young for a hip replacement, but many dancers that I know that are in their early 40s are now getting replacements just because of the way we treat our bodies. It's been a grueling career for sure, but I think the takeaways are exactly that. Now I'm so passionate about spreading the word how we can take care. If you give your body what it needs, it will repair itself. Well, you have two different companies, the Protégé Movement and the Bridge Movement. Yeah, this is my my passion wrapped up into a program that has taken on a whole new life since the pandemic. I started the Protégé Movement in 2016. Started as a camp, as a retreat, as a way for dancers to be removed from their cell phones, cities, everything else, parents, teachers, and be in nature in Canada. I rent a camp that is in the middle of the forest and everyone sleeps in cabins and we wake up and we do yoga every morning. We have dance classes, we split into groups, we do composition, we do acting, we do all sorts of dance. We have health and nutrition. I have an acupuncturist and a Chinese doctor that comes and does Qigong. We do neuromuscular training, which is basically like really fine-tuned training for dancers. And we do tons of classes and we do campfires and we do like high ropes class and like all the things that you do at a camp, but it's like this dance retreat. Cell phones don't work, so everyone has to talk to each other. And so these dancers bond and become the best of friends. And so that is the best ring. I love that. That's such a good ring. That's like your personality in a nutshell. I love that. So anyways, the camp started off because I was inspired by a camp that I went to early on. And I wanted to create a safe space for dancers to show up and just kind of grow as artists. That's the camp that started this movement toward creating safe spaces for dancers to really show up as themselves and also learn how to take care of themselves. And it's something I'm passionate about because of my past. And I always have then segueing into the bridge movement, I've always had this um, desire and this draw towards college age students. You know, that age, I remember that jump off, like what to do next? You're done in high school and you're like, ah, and you wanna have this professional career. And I just wanted something to bridge that gap. And I've been thinking about this for years and just never had time or opportunity to jump on it. Pandemic hit and I said, well, now's my time. And I created the program. We did it all virtually and we did it for nine months over the pandemic. And it was the most surprising, rewarding, beautiful kind of accident out of the pandemic and it's grown so much and I have such a desire to keep it going that I'm starting the first live program in September just outside New York in New Jersey. So I have about 20 students joining me from all over. The program is based in commercial dance, concert dance, singing, acting, but also wellness. I have a psychologist who is a principal dancer for the Royal Ballet who's teaching psychological skills for dancers. We have mindset skills coach. We have yoga. We have meditation. We have qigong. We have health and nutrition. I want dancers to know that they don't have to give their power way also be able to take care of themselves because it's a very grueling profession and we're also in a different time where I think mental health is really taking a toll and so I want dancers to be supported in a new way so I'm so excited about this programming. I love that well another good thing that happened for you in the pandemic was getting time with your daughter Uh, so now that the world is open a little bit more and you're having to work again how is that gonna be for her? Yeah, this last year, I think it's been an eye-opening for a lot of people that I talk to. It's just the slowing down and stopping. All of a sudden, I went from touring almost every four days to being a stay-at-home mom for an entire year. And it was magical. It was magical for me. It was a real lesson in, I don't need to go 200%. You can step off of that. And really what's kind of important, now that the world's opened up and I'm here doing this movie, she's like, I don't get it. Why are you gone, mom? But I also think that it's important as a a parent, I try to remind myself that showing her that I'm passionate about my work is something that I want her to see too. So I try to remember that when I feel like I'm a bad mom 
because I'm away working. And she also thinks that she's a director, so I'm sure she was going to be on set someday soon. So So many people know you from So You Think You Can Dance, and that's where you've gotten your fame. I randomly know you from this (laughs) Shia LaBeouf spoof video that you did. The thing I thought that was brilliant, there's so much of a sense of humor in that project, which brings us to where we are right now. We're in this big thing called the Basilica that's a rubber factory. You're filming a movie that has a lot of spoofs in it. Right now, they're loading in punching bags for the number you're filming this week. Tell me about this movie that you're doing right now. Well, I will say that it's so fun to be working. It's a movie musical. I think there's 10 musical numbers in it. And as you know, some of them, like the ones that you are in, these pieces, have a comedic component to them, which I think is always challenging to do as a choreographer. I think as an actor, too, I think comedy is, is challenging. But God, Gosh, has it been fun? I mean, you've been a blast to work with. You have been, I mean, it's been dreamy. I think we have an incredible cast. Yes. Uh, we have a very unique story and some incredible music. Without giving away too much, I think you get a little bit of comedy. I think you get the drama. I think you get a little bit of like your heartstrings pulled in this film. And I'm just excited to be here working with the caliber of talent that we've had. And I mean, I know yesterday we were all sweating. It was like 94 degrees on set. These guys were dancing over and over and over and every take was so funny and so different and I love that about comedy and about the set I feel like there's a lot of room for improvisation a lot of room for your guys's input a lot of room for on-the-spot changes which is always exciting challenging so I think this project's been all of that really it's about like this is what it is being in the process it's been really um, rich and especially after the pandemic for me this is kind of my first I would say my first like creative job since the pandemic and so I think that that energy has been really brought to life on the set with everyone So I think it's going to, I mean, I think it's, it's gonna be been great. fun. It's been a really yeah. great process. I'm so excited to see how it yeah. turns out. But what's great is I feel like dance is a language mm. and as a healing mechanism in this piece and being mm. part of the storyline and connecting to dance. I know for me, I mean, I'm 50 and I was like, I get to speak my original language yeah. that I haven't gotten to do at this level in a long time. I just love that component of it and it becomes healing and it is about community. It mm. goes right back to your WhatsApp thread with Celine. It yeah. is that there is something about dance that you get that like you're gonna wake up tomorrow and it's gonna be hard to get out of bed but you're gonna <laughs> have to so go do it. it yeah you're gonna have to do it you're gonna have to do it again yeah so and your stuff is spot on and it's fun to do well it's easy to create on great actors and dancers too I was saying that like that's how you knew I was talking to Benjamin Hark our composer who I'm a huge fan of his work and the biggest compliment is like he just was like this is exactly what I envisioned and I was like oh thank goodness because I've I've created for a few artists to their music and I think like you had the original vision with the music and what it's supposed to visually look like you know if you're doing a music video or like a movie or something like that and so I always worry like what if it doesn't match up and when he said he's like it's beyond what I thought and I was like you know what I created what the music sounded like and then I brought it to these talented actors and they just you guys just elevated it and I was laughing so hard the last two days in fact I'm gonna miss you guys for the next few days because <laughs> we, we don't have a, no more the the comedy so much but I think it's beautiful what dance can bring together and incredible people people have been brought on this yeah. project so I think it's it's gonna be great when we were recording that song Nick he's amazing <laughs> he was like 
Brad, Stacy, this project. He's like, I saw her name. Like, oh, he's like, that. I have to do this project so to work with her. Sweet. And I was like, I can't wait. And he was like, that's the only thing you know her from. He was so disappointed. <laughs> he's like, Shia Buff, that's it, Brad. And I was like, no, no, I, I, I'm researching her. But he was so mad oh, at me. That's and he like read me as he I'm does. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. <laughs> sweet. It's just been such a joy. So Aww. if you could right now tell the universe what to bring you next, what mm. would it be? I believe in like whatever's meant to be coming for you is coming for you. But I, I'm really invested and interested in new creations. I love live shows. I think this like pandemic has also made me really miss just theater, just being in a theater space. So my husband and I have been writing a Broadway show. So I think ultimately that's the dream, to be able to work with him, who I think he's beyond talented, and be able to bring a story that's actually a true story of his family and his culture. He's from Cuba and involves dance and singing and a beautiful true story of his family. To be able to bring that to a Broadway stage would be such a dream. So I think if I could throw something into the universe, I think that might be it. Yeah, I'm just really grateful. I'm grateful for the challenges too, you know, for all the good things, but all the challenges too that teach me so, so much. Well, you just seem like you have so many more acts in your life and your career. If you could name something that you're really proud of that we haven't talked about today, what would it be? You know what? I'm usually most proud of the things that a lot of people don't see. I have a dance company that I started and we're project based. I would say one thing that pops in my mind was the first time that I did a full evening length show, an hour and 20 minutes. I produced it, I directed it, I choreographed it, I marketed it myself. I did everything. I got, I booked all the talent. I did the theater. I did, I mean, it was, I mean, I didn't do, I had a, a team of three or four people helping me, but doing something that's like fully yours, it's so scary. Yeah. And you put so much on the line. I mean, I raised all the money on Kickstarter and I had 25 dancers and it was called Moments Defined and it was all the defining moments of my life up until then. Things that had just shaped me, things that were shocking, things that were sad, things that were blissful. And um, I think something about doing your own work is so rewarding. And I love working for other people and I love collaborating, but it's always kind of someone else's vision. And that was a really defining moment for myself, just being like, okay, I think I can do this. You ask my husband or any of my dancers, I think I tried to quit my own show like so many times. <laughs> I was like, I can't do it, I can't do it. But ultimately my husband's like, we paid for the theater, you're doing it. And you know, that night that the curtain fell after the first night, I just remember being like so proud of telling my story. And it was kind of a reminder that you can do anything you put your mind to. You know, you don't have to wait for someone to hand you something. If you want to make art, make art. If you want to do a show, go put something on Kickstarter, make some money and, and do a show. And that's what I like to tell younger dancers is that there's just so much possibility, especially now with social media oh. and everything you can put out there. It's a really beautiful tool. So yes. that's something I'm really proud of. Oh, that's wonderful. Do you have a song right now that's important in your life that I would play out for the credits of this? Oh my gosh. You know what I was listening to this morning? Oh my gosh. What is it called? Awake My Soul by Mumford and Sons. Do you know that song? I think I do it know them. so happy. So I was in my you know, we're in our little Airbnb here in Hudson and I went out and had my coffee and I put on my Spotify and that song came up and I was like, this is a good song. It just made me happy. So I'd say, wake my soul. Let's well, this on. just made me happy and <laughs> you're amazing. Like Aww. the stuff that you, I mean, we had a lot of changes in your spirit and your smile and it was just, it's fun when you want to do a good job, but not just for yourself, but for every person in the room. It's nice when a person like you who's at the helm of a ship, like the trickle down is really wonderful. Your assistants are fantastic. You can tell that you're a joy to work 
with in all respects. As an actor working with you, I love it. But I can see everyone likes working with you. So thank you for this and enjoy next week. I'm sad I'm not here. I know. Me too. We might call you back on set. We might put you in a couple of the numbers. I, 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 Is that okay? I, I, I will do it. Maybe I'll see you at the premiere. Yes. yes. Hopefully, maybe we'll go to Toronto for a premiere. Yes, I would love that. Me too. I would love that. Oh, this has been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. How fickle my heart and how woozy my eyes I struggle to find any truth in your lies And now my heart stumbles on things I don't know My weakness I feel I must finally show Lend me your hand and we'll conquer them all But lend me your heart and I'll just let you fall Lend me your eyes, I can change what you see But your soul you must keep totally free Ha 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 your love you invest your life in these bodies we will live in these bodies we will die and where you invest your love you invest your life 